everyone. Welcome back to the Spirit of Success. I'm your host, Yara, and on today's episode, we will be discussing careers related to engineering, specifically architectural engineering and music. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with well-known, respected, and beloved vocal soloist, composer, choral director, and former architectural engineer, Mr. Van Gilmer. Mr. Gilmer has always had a passion for music. Since his youth, Mr. Gilmer played a variety of instruments, including the piano, clarinet, oboe, and organ. While continuing to perform and study music in college, Mr. Gilmer majored in architectural engineering and spent 37 years in federal civilian service in a variety of engineering and management positions. He was presented with a Civilian Meritorious Award and Medal by the U.S. Navy Department for his outstanding service and retired from his career as an architectural engineer in 2004. Currently, Mr. Gilmer serves as the music director at the Baha'i House of Worship for the North American continent in Wilmette, Illinois, and has dedicated a lot of his work to helping add to the Baha'i musical literature with his experience in a multitude of musical genres. During his college years, Mr. Gilmer was active in matters of social justice, particularly the civil rights movement, and he has served on a number of Baha'i administrative and appointed bodies, including the National Race Unity and National Persian American Affairs Committees. Mr. Gilmer has been the recipient of Independent Music Awards Best Gospel Song for 2005, is a member of the American Society of Choral Directors, and is listed in the Who's Who's Registry and Global Network for Outstanding Professionals. Welcome, Mr. Gilmer. How are you today? Hello, I'm fine. And how are you? I'm good, thank you. And thank you for being on the show today. I'm super excited for our conversation. So before we get into the details of your careers, we would love to know what got you into architectural engineering and music, and how did you get your start in each? Well, it's a, a long story that really did start when I was uh, very young. Uh, I, I was uh, born in Greensboro, North Carolina, and so, uh, and it was at a time in America when uh, it was segregated. So all people of color, all African Americans, lived in neighborhoods by themselves and, and apart from white people. Uh, but I started uh, learning music because there was a piano in my house. It belonged to my grandmother. And uh, first thing I did uh, with her was to uh, take piano lessons. I started taking piano lessons when I was about six years old. And then she wanted someone else to hear my voice because she thought I am, you know, I could sing. So I went and she took me to um, a music teacher in my neighborhood and asked her to listen to me. So then I started singing. So I'm taking piano lessons and I was learning to um, sing as well. And I sang all around Greensboro, North Carolina at weddings, funerals, banquets, um, and whatever other functions were happening in the community. I played clarinet in the, in the junior high band, and I continued to play the clarinet into the high school band, and it was a marching band. Well, when we switched over to uh, more symphonic music, my music director asked me if I would consider learning to play the oboe. And so, I said yes. I learned to play oboe, and I played oboe in the the symphony. When I entered college, I also took 
organ lessons. And that was apart from my majoring and, and, and the, my school studies. How wonderful. And what made you choose to also pursue architectural engineering at the same time? Um, I hadn't thought about architectural engineering. I had thought I would major in music. That, and I think many of us, uh, as we're growing up, we start thinking about what would I like to do? And with all that musical background, it seemed obvious that I would major in music. But as I thought about it, I wondered, will I be able to make a living? Will I be able to have a career? Will I be able to even make enough money to support a family? Uh, and what will I do if I, had a, if I had majored in music? And at that time, it seemed like what I would do would be to teach music in school. And I didn't particularly want to do that as much as I might have wanted to perform music. And I knew that it was very difficult for a person who performs music to get uh, a start in a career of music that way. So I started looking at other majors and uh, I've always had a, a a desire to design and to draw and to, to do things like that. And so I, I, I chose architecture. And in my university, it was a, a Bachelor of Science degree in architectural engineering, which was a mix of the design courses in architecture and the engineering courses. And so it was completely different. No music involved, and yet I was able to maintain the musical background by an elective, the university choir, orchestra and band. And in the choir, I also became the student director, which is a little unusual because the music majors are the people that normally are the people who would become uh, the student directors. So that also made me think about my musical background and that I was able to use it while in college pursuing a completely different degree. Well, thank you for sharing and for breaking down what makes up architectural engineering. And it's really cool how you found very different jobs, oh, but yes. still ways to express your creativity through something that's in the engineering realm and in the sciences versus yes. something that's in music and still maintain both of those. Along those lines, how have your values influenced your approach to architectural engineering and to music? Well, I have thought that music Certainly, and I know now, music affects the spirit and the soul and heart of humankind. You can often use music to relay a message that people can't hear when you say it. So it's very important. M music has a very important place and a very important place in, in my heart as well. Yeah. Uh, of course, no community can exist without having people who design the buildings of the city or of its state or of its country. And many countries are known by their architecture. And you can also tell the influence from culture to culture as you look at, uh, at the architecture, which is another aesthetic way of showing our, our love for structure, our love for form, and how can we build 
a variety of things that don't just look like boxes. <laughs> so, you know, I, it, 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 it was a challenge as well. So the art, a, a wonderful uh, challenge, and I was able to still maintain some uh, music work. I, I always sang uh, and always, I didn't always play, but I always did sing. So I was able to do both of those at the same time. Not everybody's able to do that, but it's possible. It's also possible to major in something that you had no idea you might major in. And it may not be what you think your original uh, mission would be in, in the world. And, and what is really so different is I, I had the music, but then I majored in college. I majored in engineering, architecture. So it's a lot of math. Uh, but it's, uh, it's also aesthetic, uh, shape, form. Uh, then I had no idea that in my retirement, I would, I would return to music. So it, it was like going through, all, going through a life of many things, but ending up doing, um, having actually two careers. Yeah. And some people have more than two careers, you know. Yeah, I know, exactly. And thank you for sharing that advice. You know, it's the staying open to trying different things. And yes. faith has a role in what we do. And to speak a little bit more specifically about your time in architectural engineering outside of college um, and the start of your career, um, you served as the director of Equal Employment Opportunity and also represented the Navy Department of EEO directors for the Northeast of the U.S. and Europe. Um, how have you incorporated service, your beliefs, and values during your time in this position? And what legacy has this left for those who followed in that position? Well, I, I tell you, you know, uh, graduating in engineering, in architecture, one could simply be an architect. I, I went to work for the Navy Department, so it wasn't a place that would have uh, places of worship, or uh, so it would be churches and synagogues or anything of I mean, that sort. It, it wasn't a place that would have uh, large office buildings, high-rise office buildings. It was, a, it was a manufacturing place. So it was an industri industrial plant. Now, the, the buildings could look something different from just a box, but it was more um, the technical design for systems. And, and when I worked for the Navy, it was for, for rocket systems. Well, my inward feeling is about people, it's about people coming together, about people uh, learning to accept all colors, all races, all. So while I'm, I had my initial years in an engineering office, I also served uh, first in a, what they call a collateral duty. I'm doing it while I'm doing my work, my engineering work, but I'm also serving in equal employment opportunity. And that's to look at how we will look at our workforce to see if we have men and women, if we have people of different colors, if we have uh, no, no job that is only for a certain kind of person, 
only only uh, if it's a certain kind of person, a, a certain kind of person with unique abilities and skills. But we don't look at the way they look to decide whether they can do the job or not. So equal employment opportunity lined up very easily with my thoughts of humankind is one, that we are all one. And so that program, uh, I also began to manage for a while. So I left engineering and went into the equal employment opportunity area. And then further along, I left and came back to engineering. And then I ended my career again with uh, an oversight of the entire Equal Employment Opportunity Office for the Navy Department where I worked. So I, I had all of this going, and, and those duties that you mentioned, the uh, Deputy Equal Employment Opportunity Officer, um, also being a part of a, a larger oversight group for not only the North, Northeast, but Europe. So um, that was also heavy duty uh, because then you worked with uh, managers and supervisors who had to make the decisions of who they would select. And you, you wanted them to think about, select the best person, but make sure that the best person is not selected because of the way they look. They could look any way, they could be any color is a program that challenges us today. You know, when we think about all, all people are equal, when we think about whether uh, females are represented in certain kinds of jobs, uh, all of those are still things we should think about. And we're not having a, uh, a great success yet. And you can see that by the things that happen in, the, in, in this country and around the world right now. So that was my my work in a nutshell. You know, it wasn't like I, I started a job and that was the only job I had. Yeah. I had different levels of responsibility, supervisory skills, and a, a number of other things along the way. Yeah. And with your dedication to making sure that through that position, you promote the fact that we all are one human race, what legacy do you think that's left for people who followed in, in your place after you left that position? Well, it, you know, I think... Uh, even before I left, uh, one of the compliments I would consider in my life is that I was also seen as a person who gets along with a wide variety of people and who could manage programs. And so I was selected. That also was an example. If I, I'm an engineer, an African-American in, in jobs where oh, no African-Americans were before, and then somehow I was identified, and I think identified because of the way I had learned to act because of my beliefs. My beliefs uh, as a Baha'i, actually, um, in one God, one people, one religion. And it wasn't my, my doing as much as my trying to be as good as I could be. How wonderful. And I think a very important message that you shared is always be true to who you are. And you being your genuine self is what makes the different, the, the biggest impression on people and can have the biggest impact. So after retiring as an architectural engineer in 2004, 
You became the music director at the Baha'i House of Worship for the North American continent in Wilmette, Illinois. Can you please tell us a bit about your experience with changing careers? You know, that's what's interesting. I, I thought I was near the end of my career and I would have now years to travel with my wife around the world. And that's what we had planned to do. And then I had had a year before I retired, a request from the National Spiritual Assembly of the Baha'is. Uh, and, and they were asking me if I would direct the choir at the Baha'i House of Worship for the North American continent. Um, I couldn't figure out why they were asking me if I would do that because my major wasn't music. And I knew so many people with music degrees that I, I thought I, I wouldn't be a, really a good good candidate. So I, I said, no, I, 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 I don't think so. And then they kept asking me if I might just come once a month uh, for a temporary basis until they got someone and uh, direct a choir. Now that choir is a cappella, and the music has to be based on the scripture of any of the world's religions. Right, so that narrows what what I'm going to do musically if I were to go there. And I couldn't, I just, I, I continued to say, um, I'm not sure. And then uh, I, I said, okay, I can take it for the once a month for a while. And I did that and I was doing that before I retired. But after I retired, they asked me if I would consider doing it full time. I finally said, yes, I will come.
lot of the music before I came was predominantly European classical music. And so I came and one of the things I could provide was not only that, but uh, Negro spirituals, uh, gospel music, uh, and then we might try other cultures as well. But it being a cappella, it was a different challenge. We had no instruments. We were now uh, confined to music that is from scripture, sacred scripture of any of the religions. So I could sing the music that came from my church before I became a Baha'i. I could sing uh, music in other languages. Eventually, when all that comes together, uh, we don't know what the music will be. When it has the influence of all of the people of the world, what will that music be? So we've had some experiment with that. And uh, that has been going well, very well. Until, of course, COVID. COVID has made us have to think, have to rethink how we can sing. All singers in the world are having this challenge. Exactly. And thank you for sharing that whole process and change. I think one of the things that you also mentioned is that, unfortunately, during these times, the arts have definitely been hit hard. But I think it's also been a time where we've seen the power of the arts and the power that the arts has to make a positive impact, whether it's for change or just to make people happy. Um, and it's a time for us to innovate with music and, and how we approach it. So that's all really, really amazing. Um, although, of course, comes with its difficulties and, and the sad parts of this time. Um, but in that spirit, what do you think is the role of music in today's society? Well, the, the, the role of music is always going to be to reach the heart and the spirit and the soul of man. No, no matter uh, what the challenges are, music has this unbelievable uh, influence on, on people's hearts and minds. So I don't think that's going to ever go away. I think what will happen is that the more we come, we become um, familiar with the many peoples of the world, the more we become familiar with them and we hear their music and we see their culture, what will develop in music will be something unbelievable. You know, we, right, right now, we like whatever our particular music is, but we'll discover that we like something other people do. I mean, I see a little bit of that even in the Baha'i House of Worship where uh, I direct a choir. There was not gospel music or spiritual music from the experience of, Afri of, of Americans of African descent. There was not that regularly at the house of worship. But when it has come to the house of worship, people are coming in and they say, oh my. So it's the music and the space, and it's the music in the space that affects, you, you don't have to have anybody say anything, just hear the music. Exactly like you said, music is a universal language. The, the scope of music is so big and the impact that it has, that it brings us together, it helps us learn about one another, and that's what will help to continue make music more and more universal. 
And with that, we would love to know, what role does music have in your family? It's, it's interesting that music has always been in my house. And so as I had children, I had two, a boy and a girl, boy first and then girl. We had a piano in the house and an organ in the house. And then, of course, I've always had this musical background. So they've, they've heard me sing, you know, they, they used to go with me all over the, all over the place to, to, uh, to hear me. I don't think they were going to hear me sing. They were going to the meeting and I would sing. And so they heard me sing. Then um, when they became um, near high school, but uh, late junior high, we started singing together a little, but it wasn't until they were in high school that we actually started singing as the Gilmer family. And it was my wife and me, my son and my daughter, and they called us the Gilmers. We had no name other than the Gilmers. And we used to sing at conferences. And then my son started, uh, he was always musically inclined. He, he played a keyboard and he played drums and he, he was in a little band and he was writing music of his own. And we started writing some music together, in fact. And um, later we sang in choirs together. And then of course, after they're grown and they're married and I have grandchildren now, the grandchildren have been exposed to music all their lives. How beautiful. So getting to the portion of our show that discusses success, what does success mean to you? And how has your definition of success evolved throughout your life and careers? I'm honored to have lived through uh, seven decades, over seven decades. And in all that time, the friendships, the relationships, the support, the love, the example created by bringing a wide variety of people together to sing a song has had an influence on all of us who do it. And so not being able to do it right now has, has been in some ways painful, but we have also started doing songs virtually. So so much is happening. And, and I think it's, it's uh, wonderful to be living during this period when you have to do, experiment many ways, experiment with how we keep music going, experiment with how we keep going. How do we inspire each other? How do we inspire each other to come together? All of those, I think, are dependent upon uh, uh, things like music, arts. Wonderful. And what do you think is the role of youth and service in today's society? Of course, of course you need to be encouraged. Um, encouraged to do the best that you can do. Now, how do you know what the best is that you can do? Sometimes people have to just challenge you. Uh, sometimes pick you to do things that you thought you didn't like. Uh, and of course, you've got plenty of time to do what you think you like. So keeping the door open to opportunity is, uh, I think, foremost, just keeping open to opportunity. 
and you don't always know what that opportunity is. So um, I don't know any other way to answer that except to always be open for change. Open for change. Honor what your strengths are. And you may know what your strengths are, but it may take a while for you to know what some of those strengths are. Maybe persistence is a strength. Then you have to be persistent. Um, being aware of opportunities is a strength. You, you have to be aware of when those opportunities come around. Be explorative. Don't just go down the, the, the track that goes through the woods. It's a straight track. Go down the one where you see how to get in it, but you don't know where it's going. There's something there. Yeah. Just don't be closed. You know, I I I I used to when I was a, a young guy, I used to know I thought what I was going to be. And I haven't really been any of those <laughs> any of those things. Uh, no, so I think those are things I think youth need to think about. No, for sure. With that, what advice do you have for youth who want to pursue engineering and or music specifically? Um, or for those who are considering pursuing a career different from their current career? Investigate what your passion is. When you know what your passion is, try to look for the kinds of jobs or positions or places that fit that passion best. But also understand when you graduate, even from college, you don't have all the skills needed to do what you're going to eventually be doing. It, it's a, a continual circle of training and learning. Now you want to do that. If it's if it's engineering, you want to you, you've got to in some way like math, because you're going to be faced with math along the way. But you had to do all these other things in order to be able to do design. If it had been music, it was the same thing. You'll be learning music you're not necessarily interested in. If you're in college, you're trying to find, you're hoping there's a place where there's the music you like that you can do, but you might not hit any of it. And, and you might not get it until after you've graduated and after you've worked somewhere. And then you could be very special. You, you already have uh, innate skills in music. You can have innate skills and be able to only find out the little technical parts you need to know in school, but you have the feel and the desire and the ability to write music or to sing music or play music when you, I've said the words before, you persist you're patient. How can you do both of those at the same time? You have a passion for the work. You love humankind. You try to incorporate that in the way you do whatever the work is you do. And I think 
You got it. <laughs> well, great advice. Thank you, Mr. Gilmer. And before our episode ends, do you have any additional words of encouragement or advice you'd like to share with our audience? I don't know if I have any more. <laughs> I would say always uh, be on the lookout for opportunity. And uh, opportunity is not always where you where it appears it might be. A wonderful thing to continue thinking about. So thank you very much, Mr. Gilmer, for your insight and advice today. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. To learn more about Mr. Gilmer and to check out his work and music, visit his Facebook at Van Gilmer, his Instagram at Van Gilmer, and Bahaiacquired.org. Mr. Gilmer has been working on a lot of upcoming projects and recently released a music video titled The Power of Faith. Would you like to share more about this wonderful song with us? Only that uh, what you'll see is a song that I wrote uh, many years ago, and I performed that song with guitar, just me and the guitar. Uh, as time passed, I mentioned that my family also started singing together. And so my family, which was my wife, my son, and my daughter, uh, sang the song during the period that we were appearing as the Gilmers. And then no more did we sing that song. And periodically, I would sing the song. And then in 2020, in October of 2020, I asked my son and my daughter if they would be interested in doing a virtual presentation of, of the song. It's called If You Desire With All Your Heart friendship with every race on earth. It comes from the sacred writings of the Baha'i faith. Then I asked my son if his daughters would join us. So that was my granddaughter. So we call it now the three generations of Gilmers. And we say it's the power of faith. So with that, I'll play this beautiful video for you all right now. You got
have come this far. We have come this far. We have come this far. We've come this far. We have come this far. We have come this far by faith. We have come this far by faith. If you want to check out the video, the link will be in the description below for you to watch it on YouTube. Well, thank you again for your time today, Mr. Gilmer. And as always, thank you all for listening. Be sure to subscribe, follow, and like the podcast on its various platforms, including YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, to be notified each time a new episode is posted. If you want to get the latest updates about the show, announcements, submit questions that you would like me to consider to talk about on the show, or join discussions related to the topics we discuss on the show. Follow us on Instagram at spiritof.success, Facebook at spiritof.success9, and our new Facebook group under the Spirit of Success. Until next time, I'm your host, Yara, and don't forget to continue challenging yourself and working to make your spirit soar to new heights. Bye!